Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to the Human Conversation. I've got a really lovely lady with me today. She's all the way from Michigan in the United States and she's called Mary Jane Mapes and she's a leadership development strategist and executive coach. Mary Jane, welcome to the Human Conversation. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, especially with you, Jules. Oh, it's so nice to have you on my show because I obviously have worked with you. We have always had little virtual cuppers, as I call them, to keep catching up and stay in touch. So it's so nice to now share you with the public. Well, and it's so nice of you to share me with the public. So it's my pleasure. Thank you. So you are quite a fabulous lady. We're going to talk a bit about your journey, where it all started, and we're going to also make sure people know what you're doing today because you're doing some amazing work. Um, And obviously, we will make sure people can also connect with you at the end of the show. And all, as usual, all of the links are in the notes. So Mary Jane, I like to start right at the beginning. And I want to know, when you left school, what did you want to do? I knew that I wanted to uh, teach exactly what I wanted to teach. I wasn't exactly sure, but my degree is in English and speech. And so when I started my career for two years, I was a high school speech and English teacher. I should turn it around more English than speech, but that's what I taught. And I, and I loved it, but then I had, my first child, and I said, I'm going to stay home for these few years at least while this child is growing. 20 months later, I had my second child. So you have um, a a son and a daughter or two sons? No, I have a daughter. She's the oldest. And then 20 minutes later, I had my son. And today is actually his birthday. Oh, how lovely. Well, happy birthday to your son. So that's nice, isn't it? We can celebrate that on the podcast. Mm -hmm. so you've kind of, um, what sort of children, age children, did you teach, Mary Jane? Uh, mostly juniors and seniors in high school. Yeah. The older they were, the more I enjoyed it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how long did you uh, stay as a mom uh, before you then started to work again? Well, when my youngest was going into kindergarten, that was when I had to go back to work. I say I had to go back to work. We're talking, um, you know, 30 plus years ago. And there was a massive, really worldwide, it wasn't just in the US, but worldwide recession. And we had a small business that we had operated for 11 years. And businesses in the US were just small businesses were just you know, dropping like flies, people were closing their doors. And we had to move out of the mall, we didn't have to, we chose to move out of the mall that we were in, because the um, prices were going up, 
the traffic was way down and my husband would have had to be open seven days a week. As it was, we were open six days from December to, or rather September to December over the Christmas holiday season. Um, you know, we were open seven days a week. So we really, we had no family life. I, I had my children, but he was working all the time. So we decided that with all of those conditions, we'd move out of the mall, move down, and then after a year said, you know what, this is just not working because his was a destination shop. And people just weren't at that time with no money. They just weren't destination <laughs> buying sheets, towels, drapes, that sort of thing. So we yeah. closed the shop. And um, for a few years, things were fine, but then the writing was on the wall and it was like, hmm, I think I need to go back to work here. And when I started looking for work, there were absolutely no teaching jobs available within about a 70 mile radius of my hometown and we weren't going to be moving. So I thought, gosh, with no jobs, what could I do? Well, while I was a stay at home mom, I had been asked to teach uh, presentation skills for a local hospital, and I loved it, and they loved me. And I thought, oh, this is fun. And then that led to work with a, a utility company, and that was fun. And then so I started getting speeches. I started getting asked, but it was now and then. It wasn't so I could still be home with my children. but. At the time that I said, I've, I really have to get a job, I had those experiences already in the back of my mind. And I thought, you know, if I can get this work without going after it, what would happen if I actually said, I'm going to go into this business, I'm going to be intentional about it, and I'm going to get this work. And that really was the beginning. Now, it sounds easy to do, but truthfully, I was scared to death because at that time, and this you'll appreciate, I did not see myself as a salesperson. I thought, I'm not in sales. But in reality, of course, we're all in sales. So I had to get beyond that very limiting belief uh, to, to move forward. So, yeah, it's such yeah. an interesting subject, isn't it? The whole sales thing and like how people yeah. feel about it and that limiting yeah. belief, as you say. I think yeah. what's really nice about listening to you is that you you seem to have clearly found something that you really loved. You know, you, you kind of lit up when you talked about teaching presentation skills. It suddenly, I don't know, your, your sort of energy changed. So it's something that you truly loved doing. Do you feel like you sort of found that love that you've been searching for? Well, I think what it was, Jules, is I loved working with adults. It was like, <laughs> I'm teaching adults. I'm teaching people that have a desire and a willingness to do the work. And that was the most exciting thing. It wasn't so much the topic, although I was good at teaching that topic. Um, that actually led to when I started actually um, marketing and promoting myself, I, I, I literally started with that one course. And I was picked up by a company called the Upjohn Company. Now, I don't know how many of your viewers, listeners will remember the Upjohn Company, but it was a fairly large pharmaceutical firm located 
right here in my hometown, Kalamazoo, Michigan. And they hired me to teach that. And that went well. And they said, well, gosh, that went so well. People seem to love this course. Do you think you could teach this? And I said, sure. And then, of course, I scrambled, like many of us do, to read and study and develop this course. Of course, I have a master's degree in communication, so that helped because most of these were communication-type programs that I was being asked to do. But what I discovered was that the people that I worked with were all leaders and they, because that's who the companies basically would pay for. You know, if you're a leader, we're going to pay for you to get some education. And so after a while, I began to realize with the courses I'm teaching, the people I'm working with, I'm really teaching leadership. Mm-hmm. And so one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And then I had clients, corporate clients that were then sending me across the country to also work with their clientele. And that's when things kind of exploded for me. And, you know, the rest is sort of history. The rest is history. Yeah. And I I love that. Uh, That was a real referral moment, wasn't it? You know, referral business. This lady is good. Go and work with her. And, you know, it, it sounds like that's just the best business you can get, isn't it? When it starts to blow up like that. Yeah. I had a um, a boss once years ago, Mary Jane, who always said to me, the answer is yes. What's the question? And, you know, <laughs> when you said to me about, um, you know, they're asking me if I can do this. And I was like, yes. And then scrambling around <laughs> to kind of learn how to do it. And um, I just think that there's something quite special about having that mindset that, you know, that you can learn new things. And so you can actually evolve. You don't have to stay doing just one thing. You can learn more and more. And what's added to your experience is the experience you had before that. So even if you've learned some new stuff, you'll then add in the walk that you've already done, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite a good lesson to learn, don't you? Well, I think it is. One of the things, though, Jules, that that I did because I was so fearful in the beginning And then I thought, you know, I had been reading about athletes and people that succeeded. And I thought, I've got to get over this hump because truthfully, I spent two years getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. But there was no fire, you know, ready, aim, ready, aim. And I read hundreds of books. I had files of notes and research and you name it. But then I was reading about affirmations. Well, I thought, I'm going to go to the source of my favorite affirmations. And one of my favorites was, with God, all things are possible. And I wrote that on a little post-it note. And I put that everywhere, everywhere. So when I was going on a sales call, I mean, I might have been, my heart was pounding. and I just kept, you know, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And I just, I kept that thought. And I began to move forward. and then. Like I said, one thing led to another, led to another. But to this day, I work really hard to put those things on my lips that I want, like calling those things that are not as though they already are. So even in goals, I write them as affirmations, declarations, as opposed to I will. I just say, I am, I do, I have. It's very powerful and it's um it's empowering, isn't it? When you think mm-hmm. about, you know, what you're actually doing 
with your mindset. Right. You know, my dad always said, didn't he? I think we've talked about this. There's no such word as can't. And do you remember I always used to say that to you? You know, that was my affirmation from my dad, you know. Um, and, and I believe that that's helped me do a huge amount of things, just having that mindset. So yeah. it's great to hear you speak like that. I think when you're a listener to a podcast like this, and you're listening to these human conversations that I have with amazing people like you, Mary Jane, it's really quite inspiring. You know, you may be running, listening to the podcast, or you're driving, listening to this, and just listening to you talking that way. I think that's great. You come away from it feeling, yeah, I'm going to do something like that. Yeah, what can I make my affirmations today? You know? mm-hmm. So I love that. I really love that. So you're kind of now becoming very known and you're popular and you're working with all, those, all these businesses, Mary Jane. So come on, what happened next in the story? Oh, my. Well, <laughs> 30 plus years have now happened. 34, it'll actually be 34 years this year. Incredible. And I've had people say, mm, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? And I said, well, you know, I absolutely love my work. I find it more exciting than when I think about playing bridge or mahjong or dominoes or, or whatever. And I have nothing against that. I just find that the work I do is the most exciting, one of the most exciting things in my whole life in terms of where I spend my time. Mm. So I'm at the point now where I have traveled the country. And I I personally don't say internationally. I mean, I've spoken in Canada for sure. But my intent was never to travel internationally only because I'm not that huge a fan of being on an airplane for 14 hours to get someplace. Yeah, I get that. And then fly back. I mean, I've had enough of that just crossing this country. So I've done the keynote speaking. I've written the books. I've done the training. I've I've done all of that. So I've said, all right, of all these things that I've done and I feel I've been successful at, what is it? that you really want to do to make a significant difference. And what I really want to do is I want to be for other people, the person that I wish I'd had earlier on, because if I'd had me, my, um, I would have been on much more of a fast track than I was. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not unhappy with what's happened, but I just think, um, mentally, emotionally, there would have been fewer detours into doing things that maybe took my focus off the main thing. It's a good point, Mary Jane, because, you know, often I think I've been the same in my career. I've, I've just got through things. I've found a way. I've learned a way. But it would have been perhaps much quicker if I'd had um, a mentor or an expert who could have walked alongside me. I think mm. more now, you can find people like that to support and help you, definitely. But when I was younger, it kind of wasn't a thing, you know. Um, so I love that you want to be that person that you would have loved to have had guiding you, you know, through your career. It's often the case when we look at things like our ideal client, I find, is that it was us once, you know. So we actually needed that help and that support through. So tell us, I mean, you're, I love your energy, 
you're so excited about what you do. You can clearly see that. So if you're watching on YouTube, guys, you can see beautiful Mary Jane and her energy. If you're listening, you can probably hear it in her voice. Mary Jane, what is it now that you're kind of doing then in terms of giving people this? Is it coaching? I know you talked about leadership strategy. I love all these words. Tell us about it. Well, right now, my primary focus is on developing what I call authentic, aligned leaders. So there are two ways I see to rise to the top. And both of these types of people go there. Now, because I've done most of my work in corporations, it doesn't mean corporations are the only people I work with, but it's where I've done most of my work. And I've seen, I've met these two types of people. There is the type of person who has certain um, qualities, certain characteristics that their major focus is getting results. Let's get results, get results, get results. And because they may be visionary, because they may be very smart, because they may be um, dogged in terms of passion and drive, but it's all about them. They get there because they do get results, and it's all about them. Then there's the other leader, and it's the other leader that I'm looking to help develop. And that is the person that also makes it to the top. But it's not about me, it's about we. There's just a difference in focus. And so the people skills, the relationship skills, it's all about relationships. But it's how you go about doing it. So when you are what I would call an authentic aligned leader, you have a self-authored life, meaning you develop yourself from the inside out. What are these beliefs that I hold? What are these values that I hold? What are these assumptions that I'm making? And most of these things run under the conscious mind. We're not even aware of what's running us. So my goal is to help people see what is it that's running you so that you can bring them to the light of day and say, hey, is this who I really want to be? Is this what I really want running me? And so we identify what those things are so that we can transform ourselves. And once we transform ourselves, in other words, have good relationship with ourselves, then the next step is having good relationships with that one-on-one -on -one. and maybe even specifically with those people that we have to have hard conversations with, that we have to say the difficult, communicate the uncomfortable, whatever it is. We have that. Then we, it's all scalable. So it starts here, moves the individual, then the team. Now I've got good relationships with the team and then ultimately great relationships with the organization because it's those kind of leaders at the top that end up in organizations that are identified as some of the highest performing organizations in the world. That's the, those are the people that I want to work with. I have a program, it's called Ignite, and it's a year-long program, but um, it comes at this from a variety of, it's multidimensional, that's what I call it. It is multidimensional though, isn't it, when you think about the whole subject? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, it's really about communication, isn't it, in a much of this, do you think? That's kind of this golden thread that goes through everything, Mary Jane. 
I think, Jules, that it's communication, but it's coming, it's communicating from a very authentic place. And the authentic place is, am I being, am I doing, saying, acting, um, and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do? Or am I doing what I'm doing because I'm going to look good to other people or somehow or another it's going to make me feel good? Or maybe it's a habit I have. I'm just in this habit and people say, well, you know, I just can't seem to break the habit. Well, they don't want to break the habit. It isn't that they can't. They don't want to or they've chosen not to or they don't know how. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why. So it's being internally driven and of course when you are communicating from a place of your truth and authenticity everybody knows it now we can trust you because we know that mistakes aren't going to be hidden away we trust you because we know that we're going to cut our losses if we see we're moving down a path that is just not healthy and good. Whoa. And I'm not going to be afraid to say, hey, I made a mistake here. We're going to change for this reason. So if people's jobs are in jeopardy or if they're not doing the job, they're going to know it all along the way. And they will be given opportunities to make those shifts so that nothing is a surprise for people in organizations where the leadership is what I call an authentic aligned leader, aligned with the best and highest in themselves. This program's a year long, you talk about. It is. How often do I see you in a year, Mary Jane? How does, what's the sort of dynamics of this program? Well, I would say we have the tools, the methods, and the approach (laughs) to take people from where they are to make this authentic aligned leadership um, achievable, sustainable, recognizable, and scalable. As far as how often you see me, you would see me every month. You would see me a minimum of three times a month. And you wouldn't just always see me. You would also be working with people who are part of the small team who are in your team. And I don't mean team for your organization. I mean people that could come from everywhere that make up this small team. Okay. So it's a combination of um, a number of things from virtual programs to, you know, if the day comes when we can have the live events, there will be live events. Um, And also one-on-one, one-two group. I mean, how how has pandemic affected how you can then coach Mary Jane? Because I think this is quite an interesting subject for us as coaches because all of my work went online. You know, there was no choice. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you experienced similar things. So how has that affected the impact you have uh, from your perspective? Well, from my perspective, it says maybe I should invest in Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using Zoom for a long, long time, I start. I did webinars and all that. Long when I still had to teach people what that was. I mean, I was kind of ahead of the. I think I was ahead of the curve when it came to that, and I was tired of trying to convince people that you can do this virtually. And of course, now everybody knows that it's not only possible that there are a lot of benefits to it. Mm. Um, so I just I can meet with people anywhere in the world 
just like I'm meeting with you. Like, I love that I have this friend that we made through business um, that I can stay friends with, just like you and I are speaking right now. I I mean, I'm always in awe of, uh, you know, I've had a call before where I had a lady in Israel, there was a guy in America, and there was me. And we were all on different time zones, and yet we were all chatting in this same Zoom room. You know, it really was something. Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of it, it's expanded our reach because we can clearly now coach globally, whereas in a room, you know, if it was live in a room, that's harder, much harder to do without obviously huge amounts of travel. But I wonder how much um, we lose with it being video. And, you know, I like to think I don't lose a lot because now, you know, I've kind of got used to it. I think you get an authentic version of me on video as much as you would in real life, Mary Jane. Do you think we lose something by not being in the same room together? I think that there's probably something being lost, but I think there are also tremendous benefits. Like when I look at you on the screen, and I know I probably should be looking right up there, (laughs) but I'm looking and your viewers know that when I look here, I'm really looking at you. Exactly. Um, You seem the same to me because when I first met you, I called on you because I was intrigued by what you do and for a variety of reasons, but um, I, I didn't see you. Initially, I only heard you like we were we were audio before we were visual. And um, in person, I found you to truly be the same lovely human being that that came across in your voice. Now, one of the benefits is I have worked with people that if you were to just listen to their voice. uh, You might be a little turned off. But when you actually get to add the voice with the face and the gestures and see them, you get to see the wonderful human being that they are. Because sometimes our voice, the tone, whatever, belies the person that we are. So I think that's a benefit. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, if you had to make a list, you definitely find there was more pros to being able to do this on video, on Zoom. Um, or whatever platform you use, of course. I don't have shares in Zoom, so I don't have to say Zoom. It's just what I use, Mary Jane. But I think you're right. I think that's a really true thing that you talk about there. I think it's um, very interesting, your whole philosophy, because it's so very aligned to mine in the way that I teach sales and talk about sales. So things we talk about in terms of relationship building, um, things we talk about around storytelling, I want to just quickly mention that because you are really quite an amazing storyteller. Um, I've watched your talks and um, I think you've got a YouTube channel, haven't you, Mary Jane? I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone can, we'll put some links in anyway, and you can definitely watch Mary Jane speak because she's fantastic. I think it's really interesting that we have this same kind of philosophy around how humans connect through these lovely elements like storytelling just give us a little taste of your uh, feelings around storytelling and how amazingly beneficial it is when you're teaching your leadership courses Mm -hmm. and your uh, ignite program for instance well i am a visual learner and because i am a visual learner i've always valued examples analogies, stories, 
anything that makes the abstract concrete. Because I, this goes all the way back to maybe before the fourth grade, but when I was in fourth grade, I always did well in school. But in fourth grade, we studied common denominators, and I could not understand common denominators. I was the only kid in the class, and I had a teacher that wouldn't move on until everybody got it. And I thought, <laughs> I was feeling like the dumbest kid in the class. And finally, one day, when she was going to come back to it, and I, I was the focus. And I thought, oh, I can't stand this. And I started crying. And I said to her, I just can't see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh. And she drew on the blackboard, because we still had blackboards when I was a kid, two circles, pies. And she cut one into four pieces. And she cut another one into eight pieces. And she said, what's the lowest number that both of these could be divided into. And I said, eight. And she said, well, now you understand common denominator. <laughs> I love that. And, and I thought, oh, it was like, oh. And now I didn't think at the time, oh, now I can see it. But when I looked back, I realized that most things, if I'm not understanding, I'll say, well, give me an example. Yeah. Or can you paint the picture for me? Well, some people are like I am. They're visual. Some people are kinesthetic. So obviously, when you tell a story, you can dramatize, you can play it out, you can take the part of characters if you're sharing a scene, whether he said or whatever, not that you say he said or she said, you just with a slight turn. You can become this other person as you play out maybe a conversation that you had with someone. So that's very visual. But the fact that you use, if you're kinesthetic, you can, you, you, by the use of the words that you use, you can create great feeling for people so that they can see it, sense it, smell it, taste it. I mean, it's almost like they're physically experiencing it with you. And then, of course, if you're auditory, again, by your words, you can create that. So I love stories because they hit visual, auditory, kinesthetic. I think stories, they make the abstract. They're a right brain activity for the most part. It combines both sides, but it's concrete. And when something's concrete, it's memorable. And do you feel like it's quite a great tool to use when you're looking at leadership and communication and, you know, difficult conversations, for instance? Would that be something that you would filter in in your learning um, around stories? It's pretty much how I teach everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, it was a leading question for me because I know that about you, but I think it's really interesting for the listener to sort of see that perspective of how you teach um, mm -hmm. and just recognizing, as you said, how we learn differently. Um, you know, that, that's really important, isn't it? Well, and you know, Jules, there are different kinds of stories. There are, there are stories that are little anecdotes. They're not the full-blown hero's journey story. Probably one of the most powerful stories is the full-blown hero's journey story. And where the, the hero, the protagonist, um, and maybe the, even the antagonist, depending on what that antagonistic force is, is transformed. 
through something else that enters the picture, some other. So those are very, very powerful stories. But a little anecdote. Here's one I read. Can I share this? Yeah. This is just a simple little anecdote, but I always love this. If you're teaching about the importance of being intentional about doing whatever it is you're doing, I said, you know, I, 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 this is just an example. Um, I saw a story online. And online's a great place to go to look for all kinds of one-liners, comedy, whatever. And this was the story. It said a man was late getting his greeting cards out during the holidays. So uh, a couple of days before the holiday, he raced to the store, bought a couple of boxes, came home, signed, sealed, sent out 47 cards before he realized that he'd never read the verse. Well, when he read the verse, he discovered that what he had found is a card that read like this. Just a holiday card to say, a little gift is on the way. (laughs) So we're always good at our intentions. We're just not so good at the follow through. So it's one thing to have an intention. It's another thing to make sure that you follow through. So you can, you know, there are stories we use to teach. Maybe we break a process down into three parts of the story. And with each part of the story, we're telling a part of the process. So they're just so many different types. It's amazing, isn't it? How many types and then how we use them and the emotions they stir. You know, you don't get me on stories, Mary Jane, because we could be here for such a long time. Isn't it a great subject? Well, you have a beautiful story of your uh, TED Talk. I hope everybody listening to this goes out and if they haven't listened to your TED Talk that they do, because that's one of the most inspirational, motivational, yes, I can do this too kind of story. Oh, thank you, Mary Jane. You're very sweet to mention it. And, you know, I only had seven days notice to actually do that talk. And that's why I think it was really authentic because it was just me telling my story, you know, back to literally where you started in this conversation about that authenticity. Um, I couldn't make it up because it was real and it had happened. And so that's how it came out, you know. So it was it was a wonderful experience for sure. And your speaking is phenomenal. I've, I've mentioned it already on the podcast. We must make sure we put a good link in for the guys listening to hear you speak. It's, it's really wonderful how you speak. I, I know you're not probably aware of how good you are. You know that. <laughs> I just know I enjoy it yeah and you can see that so look if people want to actually connect with you mary jane where's the best place for them we will put the links in everybody knows i'll do that anyway in the comments but where's the best place for them to connect with mary jane probably the best place to guarantee that they actually get to me would be to go to my website the website is maryjanemapes.com lovely and we will put those links in I think to finish our amazing human conversation, um, well, two things. The first thing is, when does your next program start? So, you know, if people were really keen to find out more about how to work with you, what steps should they take? If people were keen to work with me, probably the step to take would be to go to my website, maryjanemapes.com, fill out that contact form, and I will contact them. I just want people that have a passion and a desire to live at their highest and best self and who are willing, who are willing to do the work. I'd love to have a talk with them. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely a two-way thing here. You know, you can coach as much as you coach, but if the other person then isn't committed to, uh, you know, doing, the doing part so important, isn't it? So Yes. Um, and your final thoughts. So if our listeners have thought this has been an amazing human conversation, which I know they will think that, what's the thought that you want to leave them with? I guess the... I read this once years ago, and I don't know who said it. It's probably been said by thousands of people since then. But an organization, I think, and that's any kind of organization, no matter how small, can never can never be greater than the person who leads it. So you you can't be greater than your leadership team. You can't be greater. Yeah. It's like a conductor in an orchestra. I remember once thinking I went to a symphony and I thought the, the virtuoso for the evening was going to be a violinist. And they had the first chair violinist for the symphony orchestra play. And when I heard this woman play, I leaned over and I said to my friend, how in the world could anybody be better than that? I mean, how do they know when somebody is that much better? This woman is fabulous. And then the first chair sat down and then they introduced the virtuoso for the evening who came out. And after about five seconds, I thought, oh, now I know. <laughs> now I know how they can know. Yeah. So you, it's like no orchestra can be better no team i mean it's like it's the, per, the it's the people that lead they people either rise or fall depending on that person yeah i love that and so. it's a great thing to finish with considering that that's where your expertise is in leadership and that's what we've talked about today which has just been so interesting it always is an interesting subject leadership for me I, I love that thank you so much for joining me all the way from Michigan in the USA Mary Jane it's been lovely chatting to you and thank you Jules it's been an honor for you to ask me to be part of this so thank you so much and listeners I hope you felt inspired meeting the beautiful Mary Jane um, I, I love the conversation we've just had today every conversation is unique which is also the beauty of me doing this podcast but I hope you've enjoyed it please do subscribe and like and comment on the platform where you listen to the podcast we're on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud and Stitcher and of course we're on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces but apart from that, we will see you next time. And thanks for listening. Ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.